I Shouldn't Have to Say This is a member of the Planetside Podcast Network. To learn more, go to planetsidepodcast.com. Welcome to I Shouldn't Have to Say This, the podcast where we discuss topics we believe requires critical and nuanced thinking. If you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at saythiscast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at saythiscast or go to saythiscast.com to hear previous episodes. Hey, Kit. Hey there, podcast listening folks. <laughs> Welcome to the show. He laughed because I made a mistake, but I got I it do. back. You did. Mm-hmm. I'm proud of you. Anyway, uh, <laughs> again, welcome. My name is Nicole, joined here today by my co-host, Genre. That's me. And today, we're going to yell at vegans for a while. But, <laughs> disclaimer, ultimately, vegans are right. Eating animals is a little bit fucked up, I would say, probably. I wouldn't eat my dog. Pigs are smarter than my dog. I eat pigs. That doesn't make any fucking sense. (laughs) The fact that we just allow people to eat fucking primates is wild because those are literally our cousins. (laughs) Uh, That shit's like like half a beat off from cannibalism. And the fact that I think that means that vegans are probably correct about me eating Bessie. So I'm a hypocrite. Fucking shoot me in the head. I'm fine with it. Moving on. Along with Bessie. That's a call forward. (laughs) <laughs> so we're going to we're going to do two phases. Number 1, I don't think that vegans have ever thought through any of the actual real life consequences for the things they advocate for or else they wouldn't advocate for them. And phase 2, which we'll handle a little bit later, hence it being called phase 2, will be um you know some thoughts from a meat eater's perspective on how maybe uh vegans could help people embrace a more plant-based diet even if it isn't perfect because people like meat and it's hard to get them not to want to eat meat right and also a vestige of a topic that we were going to take for for the meat eaters who are still listening even though this is really a chat between us and the vegans and you should continue to listen but also if you're one of those people who um will just like see a post about how a vegan saying most people should be vegan and you get really upset and rather than just saying i'm upset because you've called out my hypocrisy and also i have these reasons for eating meat you say some people are anemic go fuck yourself stop using people (laughs) with disabilities in order to justify your poor behavior because most anemic people would also agree that most people should be fucking vegan just not them okay okay moving the fuck on phase one i don't (laughs) think you people have thought this shit through why do i think that well i have a list of questions and pretty much just an argument that i'll throw out against any dumb fuck vegan that i meet because all of them give me the same bullshit and it's not that i'm principally against veganism i'm principally against the way that they approach me about my meat eating and so i just like to fuck with them a little bit so here is a completely yeah. So here is a completely not at all serious way that I have stunlocked a few vegans in my time. If you're not stunlocked by this type of thing, if you can give me an answer to any of these questions, please hit us up on Twitter because I'm very interested. I don't not talk to vegans. I went to a liberal arts school, so I've been doing this for a long time. <laughs> We'd actually love to hear hear your uh your your answers at 
say this cast and uh, say this cast at gmail.com. So for me, veganism from an environmental perspective is kind of a super cruel, but borderline justifiable thing to believe in. Because when people argue, you know, the people will stop eating meat and then there will be less meat production and then there will be less O2 in the uh, atmosphere kind of leaves the most important part of that discussion and throws it out of the window instead of saying it in a way that kind of seems deceptive to me sometimes. So let me just tell you the quiet part out loud. If we all stopped eating meat and stopped buying meat tomorrow, and then the next day farmers reacted to that market trend, you would not see Bessie wandering in the forest and living the rest of their natural life until they eventually passed away with their farmer caring for them up until the day that they died in their arms. The thing that would happen <laughs> is that the farmer would take a shotgun. I've been talking to vegans about this for a very long time. I would like to reiterate, <laughs> if I say anything that sounds super specific, it's because I have lines. <laughs> so All Farmer right. John takes a gat and he goes into the center of his herd of several thousand cows and he starts firing. Culling is a very regular thing in farming. If demand is low or like right now during the pandemic, they can't find enough people to process or ship out the meat that they bothered to grow. They don't let them bitches ride. They murder <laughs> the cows. <laughs> so right now. Yeah. And in the case where we all become vegan, there is going to be a mass death of several species of domesticated animal that we currently keep alive only for the reason of, of eating, at least the specific variety that we bred for our own consumption. I know Actually, that uh, can, I, can I amend your, your example there? Sure. Because I don't think that the farmer would go out with a, with a shotgun. He would lace the food with poison and the cows would die horribly. Yeah, that's actually probably true because bullets are more expensive than just They're incredibly expensive. Poison, you just pour some like whatever you have around the farm, like gasoline or something, into the, <laughs> into, the into the goddamn food. And then um, like a, a gunshot to the head would be way better than what most farmers would do to call their herds like and on that scale yeah so in the like in the the creamy <laughs> oh in the creamy nougat of mm. what environmental vegans say is this really really horrific truth that kind of doesn't that doesn't meld well with vegans who are vegan for other reasons so the the other reasons are health which those people you can be fucking healthy and an omnivore and healthy and a vegan or unhealthy and vegan i know mm. the types who only eat fucking cupcakes and cakes and those bitches are gonna die before me i promise you <laughs> um, but they're vegan I, cupcakes <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. It's <laughs> enough. That's I will enough fucking you. fight you. Like I know those types. They aren't particularly healthy. I could probably best them on a bad day, health-wise. But, you know, general trends, if you eat a bunch of vegetables versus you eat, like, 
an entire cow every week, <laughs> you're probably going to do better with the fucking vegetables. But I feel like there's a very far, um, there's a there's a valley between those two extremes where most people reside. So, you know, health vegans, go fuck yourself forever. Because you don't know where other, like, unironically, the thing that I said before, if you're saying that blanket wide, everybody would be healthier if they're vegans, you're fucking wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Particularly if you weren't saying anything like, here's a way to manage your macronutrients. Here's what a macronutrient is. And also, here is a starter kit for what you might need, but you'll need to adjust it for your taste and also your specific health needs. Yeah, a lot of vegans, like when they're when they're arguing for health, like, oh, it's much healthier than they it just they like the not just not just like managing someone's diet the cost of of being of eating healthy and eating vegan healthy is enormous it's insane how much that would how much that would cost especially for people like in the city you know there's so much they it's anyway yeah I <laughs> that's mean, something you wanna, I always, if, that always pisses me off like yeah. oh it's you know like and you can't just send someone off to forage yeah, the newest you know? the newest uh, type of vegan is the type of person that just kind of like lists vegetables and says, well, if you ate this and the cheapest, most tasteless form of tofu with zero seasoning, you could totally live vegan and healthy off of nothing. And it's like, but people like to eat good food. If you're telling people to stop eating like tasty meat and you're telling them to go like eat a fucking carrot, honestly, go fuck yourself. <laughs> Yeah, they're um, laughing. They're laughing their face. Yeah, so health vegans, we're not going to address because you know the points are flimsy on their face. Uh, so we got to talk to the animal rights people. So oh boy, when it comes to veganism and animal rights, there's obviously like a really weird relationship between those two things. Because on one side, we should scale down factory farming. We should actually probably not have any factory farming. However. I question if a world where factory farming disappeared in a really short period of time would actually maximize the benefit of the animals that we domesticated for our own benefit. The first reason for this is the reason I mentioned before with environmental ve vegans. You would necessitate probably a culling of those animals. Now, you might be able to come up with a secondary system for housing those animals until they live to the end of their lives and then they die off. But ultimately, you're not trying to extend the, the species. It's kind of like taking wolves out of the wild or um, people. So I went to a wolf sanctuary once where those people took wolves that had been born in captivity and were kind of fucked up and they took them to a sanctuary. And they neutered and spayed them. So, you know, it's a sanctuary. They're living a nice life. However, at the end of the sanctuary ends when those wolves die. They're not they're taking new ones, but mm -hmm. their point isn't to perpetuate the species of wolf. They're just there to take people, <laughs> take people's like wild domesticated wolves and domesticated in big fat quotation marks. You cannot yeah. domesticate a fucking wolf. Or a wolf dog, for that matter. Um, more on that, never. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, 
when you kind of just haphazardly say, let's lower demand for meat with zero plan about what to do with these, I don't know, hundreds of thousands, millions of domesticated animals, like between pigs, chickens, goats, fish, turkeys, turkeys, like just millions of animals that we keep alive only to kill for dinner. Mm -hmm. You're damning those to death and not just death for our consumption in which, you know, at least there's some good that comes out of that um, or, you know, a good long life. You're you're most likely telling them, you know, you got 24 hours, then you're donezo. I mean, somebody, even like the the speed, the, the breeding that we've done with, with fowl, they can barely move. Yeah. So like, th- for them, it might be, <laughs> oh boy. I yeah. Another one. Oh no. Oh no. Um, the other thing is, you know, I've, I haven't heard this one, but it occurred to me just as you said that, that there might be a vegan that say, you know, we've raised these animals to a point where they can barely walk. They can barely move. They're barely even alive. Maybe it would be more humane to put them down. And, mm-hmm. uh, my mom once talked of an experience where she might've been in, uh, Taiwan. I'm forgetting specifically, which makes me an ignorant American. I understand. But I don't remember specifically where she was. They were touring a plant in the rural area. So there were like farms and shit. And there was this animal. I think it might have been like a cow. And it was terribly in pain because it had broken its fucking leg and it couldn't stand on it. And it was just there with a broken leg. Why? Why? And she said like, Jeez, that looks like it's in a lot of pain. Do you like do you think that you should maybe like take care of that? And they were like, why would we do that? You don't know that that animal wants to die. If you broke your fucking leg, would you want me to kill you? Like what happens if you got like a cancer diagnosis? Would you want me to kill you on the spot? And my mom said, probably not, because we don't have <laughs> the tools to really ask animals, you know, how do you feel? Like do, do you want to live? Do you want to die? We in the West often just kind of make those decisions for them. Consequences be damned. And that is a arbitrary fucking thing. So I just wanted to throw that in there in case somebody were to argue that we should put those chickens to death. You don't know how that chicken feels about life. (laughs) Unironically. I I was saying that they can barely move because a lot of people are like, yeah, we'll have... We'll have a farm and and take and they can run in place like they can barely walk, dude. Like there's it, the, like the plans have to be made for turkeys that have been bred for to have breasts so large that they have breathing problems or whatever, you know? Yeah. Little, the, little uh, respirators. Yeah. There are a lot of <laughs> animals that we raise right now that are so fucked up that it would really that they're only designed for lack of a better term to live for a short period of time and then at maturity kill them yeah we've designed yeah i mean yeah i mean i i know it's crass but that's literally what we do we design animals to live for a certain number of of years and then or i don't know how fast turkeys mature but at, at maturity we kill those fuckers because that's what they were bread for um yeah. so if we were to just say like live forever I, that there are a lot of complications there so <laughs> i just i don't know if ending factory farming overnight or really and at accelerated pace would be beneficial to animals the second thing i think about and this connects 
to that little aside earlier, is that we really don't know how animals feel about captivity. Now, we we know how how more intelligent animals feel about captivity. We know that porpoises, for example, have a concept of what it means to be free and have a concept of the fact that when they're in a tank, they aren't free. And that fucks with their psyche. So that would be wrong to keep them. But cows are fucking dumb, bro. Uh, um, they're not really. They're intelligent, but they're not. They don't have a sense of like self or pronounced sense of like freedom and captivity, like more developed species. When you have them on a farm where they aren't being terribly abused, like think of just a traditional family farm where you have a cow, you milk her every once in a while. When she gives birth, you have two cows. After you wean the cow, the calf off, you sell them out maybe. Maybe a few months later, once the cow stops giving milk, you impregnate them again. And then you go through that cycle and you protect them from, animal, from uh, predators and you feed them good food. You let them graze in pasture. I don't know if I feel qualified to say that that cow rather be either non-existent or whether it would rather (laughs) i don't know if bessie wants to take her chances with the fucking mountain lions let's put it like that (laughs) i don't know if bessie wants to be out here drop kicking uh, a fucking cougar i just i don't feel like I'm in her head enough. I can't role play how Bessie will feel about that. And I don't think that anybody can. No. Domesticated animals have a different temperament than animals that are in the wild. We bred docility into a lot of the animals that we keep on farms. You cannot just let those fuckers out into the wild. They will get got. Mm-hmm. Um, and also if you were to release them, A, they would get got be climate change so you know there are a lot of different issues that are like like herds of bessie just roaming around oh god can you imagine the car crashes yeah through residential (laughs) areas and and everything it would just be i mean it's something else that i just i was thinking of when you're talking about like the the fact that we designed these animals to be like this means that they for generations and generations and generations they have been on farms that is that is their world that is they they've been bred to live in that environment uh and that's something that we need to take in like to consider as well you can't just take a cow and just say yeah and let it off to the forest because it has no idea what to do none i i also often feel like we have a responsibility to the animals that we've done things in order to fit them into our lives like Mm. cats dogs like i feel a sense of responsibility for dogs as a species because we brought them into being they're ours when they hurt when they when we release them and they hurt people that's our responsibility when they're not doing well, when they're overcrowding and like we have to put them down, that's our responsibility because we as a hu- as a human species domesticated those fuckers. And yeah. I feel similarly to farm animals. Those are our invention pretty much. Mm-hmm. And there's a contract there to me. 
this is this is very like spiritual mumbo jumbo shit, and I'm sorry to do it on a political podcast, but I feel <laughs> like when we bred these animals, we keep them, we kill them, we impregnate them. Ew. We we do all these things, and we have for generations. And the idea that we would just cut that off because we feel like they'd be better off in something else doesn't sit with me well. I don't think that we're meeting our responsibilities right now because we treat animals like fucking machines, like just piss poor. There's not a single thing that's okay about factory farming. But at the same time, I think that the answer to that is to scale down farming massively. Like a good family farm where you're not churning out fucking cattle like candy bars. That makes a lot of sense to me personally. And it feels like we're going to like that model fulfills our responsibility to these creatures, which we brought into being much better than the vegan alternative. That's my feeling. We got stun locked. No, that makes sense. The um, yeah, the, I had the... I had a I had a last point about. <laughs> okay, so you know okay. we're going we're getting back into the frame. This is all in a frame. We just we're really like about ten layers deep. So follow me out of the frame for a second. <laughs> I'm t- so here are he- lines that I use on vegans when they're acting stupid. The last one is that most vegans say you know. We shouldn't hurt animals because animals have feelings and they feel pain. Well, plants also feel pain, not in the traditional sense that we would consider pain. However, it's pain nonetheless, and we lack the tools to understand what that feels like or what they're going through because we aren't plants. However, we all draw a line in terms of who and what we're willing to do harm to in order to sustain our own lives. It's an arbitrary line at that. When a vegan eats quinoa, you know, quinoa is grown in some field that was a wild animal's native habitat before it got deforested to, dro- to grow quinoa. When a vegan eats a nut, that nut was produced to produce another tree and you've interceded in that and you've consumed it and you're not going to shit it out somewhere else where you could go into a tree either you're going to shit you're gonna, into a toilet it's going to go into the fucking ocean <laughs> like <laughs> you, like, you're interceding in things that also are like natural and shouldn't involve you and you're also inflicting pain on others when you pick a right fruit you're inflicting pain when you um eat vegetables you're inflicting pain of a certain kind the fact that you draw the line at vegetables and i draw the line somewhere else doesn't mean that you're right because we don't have the tools as human beings to really understand what we're doing when we inflict harm on others it's unknowable current can i uh i just want to say do you do you, do you realize how many uh field mice are are just murdered uh, when when they then when you harvest wheat, I didn't, but I just thought about it, and I really I think I'm gluten free now. <laughs> the the amount of 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 animals of small animals that live in wheat fields and live in cornfields, things like that that uh that are just taken out by threshers. That really hurts my um 
feelings yeah. a lot but yeah, yeah. it's um <laughs> that's every, it's an arbitrary line like you said like it's uh, a like a vegan wants to eat have a sandwich you wouldn't well. eat her you you wouldn't eat a rat <laughs> so a vegan wouldn't eat a mouse but they would eat wheat that was harvested by threshers that probably annihilated way more than the number of mice they could eat in their entire lifetime mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. is really wild to me so i think that vegans assume a level of hypocrisy of omnivores that I could also very easily apply to them. And I have never heard a vegan take it on the chin. If you say I'm a hypocrite and I'm being cruel for the consumption of meat, I'll take that on the chin because I understand what I'm fucking doing and I have my reasons for it and I make my excuses and I live with that ugly part of myself. But vegans really refuse to take that same level of understanding and introspection on board and that pisses me off so if you have an answer to that and you're a vegan or you're not a vegan or if you're ready to take that on the chin you are a vegan i really do actually want you to reach out to me on the podcast because i think i've said this to about 20 people like (laughs) in real life staring deep into their eyes and i have never gotten an honest fucking answer from a single one of those people because they just keep saying that animals and plants are different it's like that's obvious but for you to say that their sense of pain is insignificant is not at, is does not come from a place of understanding because we do not understand that current and also all of the mayhem that factory farming causes outside of the animal products industry is also terrible so if you're complicit in any form of factory farming which we all fucking are you do contribute to the pain and suffering of animals regardless of whether you give a shit or not that's just something that all of us as humans have to take on board and try and do better about fuck phase two (laughs) oh my god (laughs) (laughs) yeah there's a phase two holy crap i thought we had phase two there's phase two is happening right now phase two is happening right now oh man okay here we go really quick I think that vegans are really bad advocates for for animal rights, just generally speaking, for all the reasons that I've said before, but also because I don't think that they are really good at getting other people to be vegans. And I think that most omnivores kind of know this if they've ever talked to a vegan, because they consistently come from a holier-than-thou, they're-right-and-you're-wrong perspective. And Mm -hmm. granted, yes, it is fucked up to eat animals. You know, saying everything that I said in phase one, I still really do agree with vegans. And I think that there are reasons. Like, you know, if plant pain... I'm going to give you the answer right now. If plant pain is unknowable, then we can't know if we're inflicting harm that we shouldn't inflict on plants. It's also completely unavoidable. So we have to eat plants. And also, in the absence of knowing, we just have to do the best we can. With animals, we know what we're fucking doing. And it's wrong. So that's the answer right there. And and all of us fucking know that. I think when people who eat meat say otherwise, they're full of shit. I mean, we don't have any answers to to when a vegan says we're being fucked up. We know that shit. So the fuck what? <laughs> we already know that that's not enough to get most people to stop eating meat. So why keep saying it to people? So over the years, I've massively reduced my meat consumption and to some degree, not as um, profoundly, 
I've reduced my consumption of animal byproducts. I don't use milk anymore. I still like cheese, but I don't eat a ton of cheese. And really, I don't eat dairy products beyond those, beyond cheese that often, sometimes yogurt, but very rarely. So I'm really limited on those things. I also don't eat eggs. And I did that because I wanted to stop hurting animals as much and I wanted to stop contributing to factory farming, but I still have things with meat in them that I really want to eat and I'm not ready to get rid of. But the reason why I took that initial step and stopped eating meat every once in a while is because my cousin, who is a vegan, said, you know, perfection is not for this lifetime. If you stop eating some meat, I think that that's good enough. If we all stop eating some meat, that's actually way better than if a couple of people stop eating meat altogether. And that shit's absolutely fucking true. I think that we really need to focus as people who would like animals to stop being raped, murdered, and eaten to focus more on getting people to minimize their meat consumption rather than to shoot directly and right away to that perfect standard. Because we also know that a lot of people bounce off because they say, oh, the poor little animals. And then they start going vegan and they don't fucking manage their macronutrients, end up anemic and start eating meat again. It's a cycle for a lot of people. And I think that we'd have a higher success rate as a human race of getting people to be vegan if we just eased more people into it and stopped being so shitty about it. So that's what I wanted to say. But also, I think that vegans need to be way more politically active because for everything that I said in in phase one, I think that there needs to be a really like thought out legislative or otherwise approach to phasing meat out of human diets or else we're going to end up with the genocide of a lot of different animals which is obviously just as bad if not worse than factory farming um (laughs) so i think that vegans should be more politically active like let's think about solutions that start ratcheting down meat production we start breeding less we ban farms above a certain number of cattle and we also ban culling um so those cattle get redirected somewhere else or some shit i don't know and we try and figure this shit out we try and distribute the fucking cows figure out ways to minimize the number of uh livestock without causing some sort of massive genocide of sentient life so that's my call to action, so to speak, is let's be more politically engaged on this. Let's stop focusing on, you know, your fucking uncle who likes hamburgers, because fuck him. You want to know we'll stop get your, un- your uncle from eating fucking hamburgers if you can't find any on the goddamn grocery shelf. So yeah, that's, that's the episode. That's phase two, much shorter than phase one. Anyways, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> fucking vegans, man. hey people um we're taking a moment uh from agreeing with vegans but aggressively hating everything about them to (laughs) ask you to pay us for the service we provide to you genre why don't you tell them how well, uh, there are a few ways that you can support the show. The first one is going to ko-fi.com slash say this cast, that coffee, uh, say this cast. Uh, you can give a one-time thing there, uh, whatever you'd like um, to support the show. 
Um, you can also go to patreon.com slash say this cast. Uh, there you'll be able to uh, basically subscribe. And we all know how Patreon works. You can give like one dollar a month or five or ten. And if you give five or ten, then you get like extra stuff. Hear the episode early and um, hear the extra uh, episodes, the the Patreon only episodes uh, that uh, we produce. So um, check that out. That is patreon.com slash say this cast. And thank you so much for your support, especially the vegans who are still listening, because I know I'm going in on you hard. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, it was I, only a matter of time. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, I've been holding this one back for three years. Um, so yeah, thank, thank you from the bottom of my heart. Okay, so uh, this is the part of the show where we talk about happy things and things that uh, in our lives that are um, making making us feel better or making things less worse, you know. Uh, and the the happy things um that we that we try to do are all the more important because our friend um sheila or as we know her audio uh she passed away last month um and we just found out uh, a couple weeks ago uh so um it's been it's kind of been kind of hard around uh say this cast hq i think um but i i i just wanted to acknowledge um, her passing, I, we both did. And we, let me try again. We both want to acknowledge her passing. Um, especially since, uh, she was one of the most, su like supportive listeners. She, she, she loved the show. She listened all the time. Um, I think she, she was, was our first patron. She was, she was our first coffee and our first patron. Um, and, uh, we obviously appreciated that, but more so, just the fact that, uh, you know, like early people, when you make a podcast, people that listen from the beginning, they're very special. Uh, and the people that are listening now that, that have been listening since like episode one, that you're really special and we appreciate you. And, uh, she used to comment about, about our shows and we used to talk about snarking every couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, um, um, so yeah, Nicole. Did you want to say something? Yeah. Um, I uh, I think that you said it better than me. Uh, she'll be sorely missed around here. Um, we were all friends for longer than this podcast has been around. Um, yeah. And uh, we just, we uh, love her and we wanted to acknowledge. So um, yeah, that's, that's about yeah. it. The voice at the beginning and the end of this episode, that is, that is our friend audio. She, uh, she recorded some openings for us. Um, so I wanted to use those as well. So, uh, yeah, she was, she was wonderful. And, um, the, the biggest thing that I think that she would want us to acknowledge is that she aggressively like loved her cat more than people, most mm -hmm. people really more than us. I think, I think <laughs> I am completely re reasonable. Really, yeah. if you think about it, but yeah, yeah. reasonable. Yeah, she she loved her cat. Um, she would throw herself in front of a truck for her cat. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I just, I just loved like uh, anytime she talked about Percy, 
she she was like this is this is my baby and i will kill anyone that says otherwise yeah there um there were two queens of our um, discord server pretty much uh queen mm-hmm. nora and queen persephone that's right <laughs> <laughs> um uh, oh man oh, um so yeah she'll she'll definitely be missed uh not just because of um she was so special to the podcast but also she was just special to us she um, was our friend yeah i i really thought of her like a little sister and we acted like it a lot we would mm-hmm. bicker all the time <laughs> yeah. it was fun as hell and she was so, my auntie <laughs> yeah <laughs> Although um, I would have never told her that. <laughs> oh no, she she knew, yeah. she knew, but it was unspoken. <laughs> <laughs> Can't admit it. <laughs> Wait, if she was your auntie, am I your uncle? Absolutely not. Okay, <laughs> thank God. Um, <laughs> um. Okay, so I think. I wanted to say something about that, but also uh, I wanted to talk about, you know, obviously the happy things um, mm-hmm. that uh, especially now we uh, we both have been doing stuff that makes us happy uh, just in the wake of everything. But uh, Nicole, what have you been doing to make yourself happy? Lately? Um, oh, boy. Uh, so I've been getting into uh, Gunpla, which is... Um, <laughs> Gunpla is just, you know, Gundams, which is an old, like, anime that was created to sell toys in Japan in the 80s, I believe. Yes. Don't quote me on that. I don't know the history of Gundams. Fuck off. Um, but they it was make, the 80s, yeah. Yeah, they make these little model sets, um, and I've been building them in my off time over the last, about a couple of weeks, um, and also Zoids. I've been building Zoid models, and... Um, to kind of underscore how significant this has become in my life i've built four so far and i have one on the way and i also have one that is too hard for me to build at this current junction Uh, (laughs) (laughs) so i've been really fucking into it um and it's been a good distraction and it's tactile and i'm really into it because i've been needing to not look at screens because i've been having a lot of issues with my eyes um, mm. and historically I had issues with my wrists and those haven't been so bad but I should really not be on the computer as much as I am so all of that has been super good for my body good for my mental health and it's a nice hobby for people to take on the beginner sets are about $20 a pop so it's not even that expensive although that's I know what the economy is so <laughs> I, I it's less expensive it's le- it's a uh, one of the less expensive things you could do. I play video games. That's an expensive fucking hobby. <laughs> it is. It definitely uh, is. So you know, gunpla. That's what's making me happy. What's Before making the show, you happy? <laughs> she was talking about this for like a solid fifteen minutes, and I and I witnessed her buy like three of these sets. <laughs> I bought one. I I put the rest in my um in my shopping cart and bit my lip and be breathe deeply and move them out of it <laughs> just for the record <laughs> um so my thing is well um i've i've been trying to develop a new show it's going to be about uh about life with chronic pain and uh, i'm hoping that I, i'm 
been doing a lot of planning lately and I've been doing a lot of writing lately, uh, which has been really beneficial for my mental health, obviously. And um, the act of creation, just like building Gundam um, figs uh, is is really, really helpful um, for anybody's mental well-being. So just an aside, think about like building something or writing something or, or just being imaginative. Anyway, this show is going to be uh, hopefully about specific parts of having of living with chronic pain. And uh, my my goal is twofold to help people that don't have it, that don't deal with it, understand what it's like, like on a, on a more visceral level and for people that do to know that they're not alone and I am trying to develop this and record it and put it and before I even put it out. So stay tuned for that in in the next few months, I guess. Um, uh, if you're if you're interested in that, then then you can uh, email us um, or tweet at me and, and we can talk about it more. But I'm hoping that it'll be it'll be educational and beneficial. So I've been been really working hard on it so far and that's been it's been really great so yeah anyway (laughs) thanks everybody for listening um we put our episodes out every two weeks so remember to subscribe if you're listening on the podcast uh we have links to where you can buy the theme song and and who did our art and everything on there in the show notes or it's on the website uh if you want to get in touch with us you can follow us on twitter that's at say this cast you can email it email us uh say this cast.com i'm sorry say this cast at gmail.com and you can go to say this cast.com to listen to previous episodes and or this episode or whatever um nicole where can we find you online you can find me on twitter at uh jack of three trades that's three as in the number I hope to not be there much. (laughs) (laughs) Soon it will just be pictures of Gundams and Zoids. That's it. (laughs) I haven't Uh, taken a single picture. (laughs) Surprising, honestly. Um, So you can find me uh, at Press Start Lock uh, on Twitter. Our theme song is uh, Kanamaritano by The One-Ups. If you want to uh, learn more about the one-ups you can follow them at the one-ups and um, you can go to store.mustinenterprises.com to purchase this theme song i shouldn't have to say this is a member of the planetside podcast network to learn more go to planetsidepodcast.com The 20-something-year-olds, I'm a 20-something-year-old, but you know, like the young 20-something-year-olds are um, Mm -hmm. walking outside being loud and boisterous, and they are unironically scaring my dog. (laughs) 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 Like, she keeps hearing them and going like, what the fuck is that? She's like, what the fuck is that? And I'm like, there's some young people walking down the street. She's like, are they coming in? And I'm like, they're not going to come in here. They're going to come in and rape me! I just like, calm down! (laughs) 